Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the All32 podcast. Who are we? We're just a bunch of regular NFL fans from across the UK. All32 is primarily a blog full of written content by the fan, for the fan, because the fan knows best. Before the podcast this week, I'd like to be a little bit cheeky and ask if you enjoy the podcast to share it across social media and with your friends. It would be much appreciated as well if you give us a review on iTunes. This week I am joined by my co-hosts, Lee and Sean. Lee, how are you? Doing pretty well. Enjoyed some playoff football on Sunday, so yeah. Uh, Good. Sean, how about yourself? Yeah, good mate. A little bit underwhelmed by some of the action the weekend, if I'm honest. We'll probably get onto that as we get through this afternoon. Um, But yeah, all all in all, mate, pretty good. Thank you. Okay, we'll... We'll jump straight into that, actually. Uh, Lee is going to tell us all about the Colts and the Chiefs game. Uh, This game was pretty one-sided from from the start. And I think a little bit of it may actually play into an article that Sean wrote uh, into home field advantage because I think that cold weather for the Dome playing Colts (laughs) certainly didn't help. Um, I know both teams had to play in it, but I think it, you know, it certainly does affect you from a from a mental stand standpoint. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have seen that weather all week, and the, the Colts fly out there and have to play in it. So I do think it does make a difference. Um, so like I say, we'll discuss that later on. Um, yeah, quite simply, that the, the Chiefs were better in every aspect of the game. I mean, it it was a a one sided affair. There was one stat that the the Colts did lead the game in, and that was penalties. So. Not not great, not conducive to winning, and also they didn't convert a third down. So, you know, I think that pretty much tells you the story of how this game went. Um, but the Colts have got a bright future. I mean, they've seen Andrew Luck have a great comeback year from injury. That That's pretty much a winning season, I would have thought, from my point of view, and for the Colts. They've got some great young talent, so they're definitely a team heading in the right direction. And for the Chiefs, <laughs> everything went to plan, which is great. Maybe they could have done with being a little bit more tested before having the Patriots come to town this week. But, I mean, it's pretty smooth sailing for them. So, as a number one seed, they've got to be uh, chuffed. Most definitely. Uh, I'm now going to talk about the Cowboys and the Rams. Um, I thought this was a game, again, it was really lopsided. Uh, I think the Rams absolutely bullied the Cowboys on both lines, and that's where the game was won. It was the first playoff win for the Rams in 14 years, and I think it was absolutely huge for Sean McVay and the possible legacy that he is going to lead. I think for a young coach to get that playoff hoodoo as such off his back is fantastic for him. The Dallas D, which was so dominant last week, was completely just outmatched. Uh, the Rams' offensive line, led by Andrew Whitworth, were just outstanding. Um, they ran the ball ridiculously 273 rushing yards, over 100 from both CJ Anderson, who was on the street a couple of weeks ago, and Todd Gurley. Uh, the Rams only had the ball nine times, they, which sounds incredibly low. They committed zero turnovers and punted the ball once. Their drives went like this. Field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, missed field goal, field goal, punt, touchdown end of game 
the time of possession battle against the Cowboys, which I thought would be crucial for the Cowboys to win, was absolutely massive. 36 minutes to 23. The Rams thoroughly deserved their victory and thoroughly deserved to be going into New Orleans this weekend. Chargers at Pats. Sean's up. Yeah, so obviously we gave this game the big build-up last week. It probably looked on paper to be the competitive game of the weekend and we were all essentially waving white flags by half-time. Um, I'm not going to bash on the Patriots. I think we're all envious of their success. Um, I'm going to give you them enormous credit for an absolutely superb performance on both sides of the ball, it's got to be said. Um the running game in the first half absolutely knocked the life out of the Chargers. Sony Michelle was up over 100 yards at half time. Um, and James White, by the end of the day, had matched an NFL postseason record for receptions in a single game. So, you know, a phenomenal effort from a running back coming out the backfield. He, he very much is that um, Swiss Army knife option that they deploy on a regular basis out of the backfield. Um, I couldn't help but feel sorry for Philip Rivers watching the game, to be honest. I think, you know, he's obviously getting on in age. Um, whether he will ever have a better opportunity to progress towards a Super Bowl, who knows? Obviously, time will tell on that one. Um, but he was just absolutely beaten up on Sunday, uh, both physically and mentally. Um, you know, absolutely brilliant scheming and game planning <clears throat> from the Patriots defensively. Uh, he was harassed all day long. Whenever the Chargers did manage to get any kind of pressure towards Brady, there were one or two errant throws. Um, he, he he never looks good under pressure. Um, you know, most quarterbacks obviously are going to be not as good under pressure, but certainly with Brady, probably because he's not used to seeing it in his face very often. Um, he does seem to struggle a little bit in that regard, but there was by nowhere near enough pressure on a consistent basis. Um Pats thoroughly dominated and deserved the victory. The scoreboard in the end looked closer than it ever was. Um, they really took the foot off the gas in the second half and just drained the clock as much as anything else. Um, obviously, it sets up a huge matchup this weekend, which we'll talk about in our second podcast of the week. Um, but again, you know, unfortunately, a game that promised so much pre-game, um, like I say, through the sheer superiority of one of the sides in it, unfortunately, didn't really deliver for the neutral, I'm afraid. No, quite right. That's three games now, which were disappointing to say the least. Uh, finally, though, we had a competitive game. Hallelujah. It was a wild start between for the Eagles at the Saints. The Eagles couldn't have wished for a better first quarter. The Saints found themselves in a huge hole earlier. Drew Brees, Mr. Consistent, MVP candidate, first pass, interception. Nick Foles started with great field position. He led the Eagles then for a touchdown. Twitter and the wider internet started to explode. Finally, this weekend, we had a game where we might be able to get excited. And now with a 7-0 lead, the Saints go for and out. What's this? The Eagles and Nick Foles get it back. He leads them down the field. Another 7 points. 14-0. First quarter over. Eagles in control. This is where the game changed. The Saints lost the ball again. Decided... That was it. Right. Nick Foles steps up. Interception. Marshawn Lattimore. Changing the game. Following this on the very next drive, the Saints go for it on fourth down. They yet it. This aggressive play calling changed it. Lattimore's interception. Sean Payton's big balls. Suddenly, the game is alive. 
The Saints, though, going down the field, grab seven. They then go on to score 20 straight points. In between Marshall Nattimore's first interception and his second interception later in the game, the Eagles had the ball five straight times. What do they do? Punt, 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 punt. This is a game. This was a game really encapsulated by those two moments, which changed it. But it was fine. It was the only competitive one of the whole weekend. The Saints run close by the Eagles. We are now going to move on to our article review, and I am going to hand over to Sean, who is going to tell us all about this absolute banger that he's written. Yeah. So. Um... As I sort of alluded to, I think from a neutral perspective, it wasn't, if I'm honest, the best weekend of NFL football that I've ever seen. Um, like I said, the game's promised an awful lot beforehand, and in my opinion, at least, they didn't necessarily deliver. Obviously, if you're sitting here as a Rams or Patriots or Saints fan, you're probably thinking, shut up, Sean, it was absolutely wonderful this weekend. <laughs> um, but like I say, for the neutral, it wasn't the greatest of quality. Um and it just got me thinking a little bit around the way that the playoffs are structured. So we're always getting new people into the game and new fans. So, you know, really just to sort of, you know, for the benefit of those people, six teams from each conference into the playoffs obviously gives you an uneven number to start off a knockout format, which is where wildcard weekend comes in, um, which essentially gives the teams with the best record a week off. Um so that you know the top four teams get a week off, um, and then wildcard weekend ensues, um, and obviously then second week of the playoffs, the top four seeds come back into the fray against the winners from the wildcard weekend. Um, my article really is just looking at whether or not it's time to look at the way that the playoffs are done. Um, it seemed to be a huge advantage this weekend for the home field team. Um, Lee alluded to it earlier you know obviously the weather conditions and things like that will play a huge factor in in certain cities across the states teams used to playing in a dome being forced to go and play outside Um, obviously you know teams earn a home field advantage I'm not saying that they shouldn't be rewarded for having the best record Um, but I think the the thing that stuck in my mind this weekend as I was watching the games was the fact that the Chargers were on the road for the second week running um, after a tough game against a, a you know a good Baltimore opponent the previous week, and you know they're, they're heading off into Foxborough against New England, which is always a difficult game. New England had an inferior record to the Chargers in the regular season, and that's what got me sort of thinking about the article. Um, so it's obviously up on all32.co.uk for anybody to go and, and take a read of it and, and obviously get some more detail from what I've written there. But essentially there, there were a few questions that I asked in the article itself. And really that's what I'd like to debate with you guys this evening, which is, is it time to look at the way that the playoffs are structured? You know, could you drop it down to eight teams, just have the division winners? Could you potentially increase it to 16? Um, obviously that would give an extra four teams in. Or would you keep the format as it is, but with a couple of little changes, such as what I suggested, which was <coughs> potentially the division win gets you home field advantage, but doesn't necessarily get you the first round by. So the team with a better record might still benefit from having a week off um, and then go on the road. That could obviously be flipped the other way around. It could be that the best advantage, give, uh, best record gives you home field advantage and the division winners get the bye. Um, obviously, you, you could flip that either way. 
But I suppose the point of my article is, is it is it about time to shake it up so that we have a really competitive, you know, postseason for everybody to enjoy? So, Chris, I'll hand it over to you, mate. Yeah, so I liked the idea, uh, a lot of the ideas that clubs could be shaken up, because I agree it would probably lead to more competitive games. What I would personally do, just latching on to your very last point, is give the division winners, the top two, still get a buy. You still have six teams going through, so we're not adding more, because if you add any more, it becomes too much like the NBA, where there's half the league suddenly can win it. I would give the teams with the best record home field advantage, at whatever stage it is in the playoffs. If those two teams are tied, then you would go down to the normal sorting procedure with a division winner always trumping it. So say if you had the Cowboys at 8-8 and and say the Vikings at 8-8, but the Vikings hadn't won the NFC North, you'd give the Cowboys the go-ahead in that situation. So you'd have a situation where the Chargers, for example, this weekend would have actually hosted the Patriots instead. So they still would have had to play the previous week, but would have hosted them this weekend and Patriots would have still had their bye, which I think would be a better way to do it because he's still rewarded for having one of the two best division, one of the two best records if you're a division winner. What do you think to that, Sean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's another way it could potentially be done, isn't it? I think it's... The frustrating thing for me is, like I say, for anybody coming into the game now, and a lot of people pick up the game at this time of year in particular, um, it is very much sort of advertised as the best weekend of action is the wild card weekend. Um, and what I'm just, you know, a little bit concerned about is, do we then sacrifice the divisional round of the playoffs in terms of its quality um, for having a better wild card weekend? I personally like the idea of giving the best records the week off. Um, I think there's an argument what's better a week off or the home field advantage. I think ultimately, for me, a week off, rest your bodies at the end of a hard season, potentially get some players back from injury. Um, I think, you know, for me, that that is a more of an advantage. Um, with that being said, as the article states, you know, 65% of home games are won in the postseason. Um, so it is very difficult to go and win on the road. Um, so maybe I've got that the wrong way around and maybe actually Hamfield advantage will play in additional games is actually a fairer way to do it. Um, but I think we're probably in agreement myself and, and you there, Chris, that it needs to be revised or certainly needs to look at being revised. Lee, have you got any different thoughts or are you also in agreement, mate? I got both. I'm pretty much in agreement. I think the, the, the problem with giving... The, the teams who did the best record the week off is that, for instance, the Patriots finished 11-5, and five, but when when they saw late in the season that possibly not they're not going to beat out the Chargers, they can afford to throw, not throw those last games, but they can start resting players for the playoffs. And I wonder if it, it, it makes some of the end-of-season divisional games less competitive because the playoffs are already sorted. I think it's really difficult. I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the fence here because I can't think of a, of a great way to do it. I think it definitely needs to be looked at because I think every now and again, everything needs looking at. I think, you know, change, change is great for everyone. I do... The, the only other thing I would throw out there possibly as a way to maybe even the playing field is, is if um, the divisional round was played at neutral grounds as a, a kind of FA Cup type manner. It's an interesting shout, mate. 
I hadn't even thought of that one myself, I, but it's certainly I, an I interesting mean, I show. I know fans don't travel as well, and that's something we'll discuss later from one of our questions. But um, yeah, home fans won't be be so pleased with that. But I wonder if that would sort of neutralise it a little. See, I probably wouldn't do that in the divisional round, but maybe for this upcoming conference championship weekend, maybe touch yeah. on it then. So that would probably make more sense. So the best the two teams to get the chance to go to the Super Bowl are also playing at uh, sort of neutral venues, but you're putting it on like a Saturday and Sunday and then you'll put it in the neutral venues nearby or perhaps even in the same stadium. So it's Ukraine's sort of an extra weekend of party atmosphere to go alongside Super Bowl week. I don't know how feasible that would be. Um, I think at the very start of the playoffs, though, where we're seeing all the issues at the moment, I think you've still got to give the best two teams, best two division winners, the week off. I think that is the single best way to reward teams for what essentially is a great season. I think the Chiefs and the Patriots in the AFC, the Rams and the Saints in the NFC, uh, deserved those weeks off because over the season they were the best four teams. And I mean, obviously, you make case of the Chargers come in second, but they still deserve that, Sean. Yeah, I, I think to your point at the end there, I don't, I don't think you'll find me disagreeing that the four best teams across the season are probably the four that are still left. I think, like you said, the, the Patriots Chargers is the one that is potentially the coin toss one. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly not complaining about who we've got left in the field. Um, I think it's just a little bit of an anticlimax in terms of how we've got there over the last couple of weeks. I think the, the build-up to the playoffs is always really exciting. Um, obviously, as you get down towards the end of the regular season, as Lee alluded to, you've got some competitive divisional games. Um, you know, I mean, it's only three weeks ago that the, the the Titans and the Colts were playing for their playoff lives. And, you know, we, we've all completely forgot about that game because it's already slipped into complete irrelevance. Um, you know, and I think that that's the thing for me that probably just needs some some looking at um, because ultimately, you know, it's been a long time since anybody outside of the teams that pick up one of those first round boys um, or a home field game, um, you know, i.e. the three and four seed who get the home games in the wildcard weekend have advanced any further in the playoffs than, you know, where we are at this stage. Um, obviously, the Packers were the last team to do it successfully, going all the way in 2010 um, from the sixth seed, um, you know, with a, a, a you know an incredible playoff run that was put together. Um, but, you know, we are talking now nine years ago that that happened. And to Lee's point there, you know, is it a case of it, it just needs looking at? I don't think any of us have necessarily got a perfect solution. Um, but I certainly think, you know, there's enough rules that are tinkered with on a year-in and year-out basis. Surely there can be something done um, just to have a look at the competitive nature of it. Um, because ultimately what the NFL doesn't want is a substandard product on the field. And like I say, you know, it, it may well only be my opinion. I may get slaughtered for it. But I, I thought this Sunday in particular, the early game was extremely, extremely poor to watch. Um, like I say, you know, I, I was turning it off after half time, to be fair, um, because, you know, like I say, the scoreboard in the end looked a little closer than it was. That that game was over. We, we were talking on Sunday evening, weren't we, guys? And, you know, I think if it was a boxing match, we'd have all stepped in and, and probably stopped it. Um, and that's the, the thing that the league have just got to be careful of moving forward. And just, you know, it is the first round by almost becoming too big an advantage. Chris? I uh, know. It's 
all really interesting points. I want to look at uh, last year's playoffs, the divisional round uh, and the wildcard round, and see if what we're saying, would we have been saying this last year? So last year in the wild cards, uh, Tennessee Titans 22, Kansas City Chiefs 21. That's a one-point dif- differential. Uh, the Falcons 26, Rams 13. So that's 13 points, and you could argue that probably wasn't a close game. Somehow we had the Jags and the Bills, which I think everyone tries to forget, <laughs> uh, which finished 10-3. And uh, the Saints beating the Panthers 31-26. So wildcard weekend last last year, quite tight. We move on to the divisional, and this is where we say the introduction of the teams with the buys had a sort of det- detrimental effect as such. Um, and again, last year, three of the four teams that had buys won this one individual playoff round. So the Eagles had a bye, beat the Falcons 15-10. The Patriots had a bye, of course. When don't they have a bye? Beat the Titans 35-14. So the biggest margin of victory from that weekend and could be deemed to blow out. The Jags beat the Steelers. Now, the Steelers had a bye and failed to beat the Jags. Uh, that was 45-42. And the Vikings beat the Saints 29-24, and the Vikings had a bye. So it probably translates well that having a bye from this year and last year, 7-8. and eight. Is that the main factor, do we reckon? Or is it home field advantage? I mean, it'd be interesting to look at the full stats, but just looking back to last year and looking at this year, the wildcard round seems to have been closer last year than it was this year, but the division around, as well as being closer, the same result was sort of garnered, except for one result. And then the eventual Super Bowl was between two teams which had a bye. So it's sort of hard to match what Sean was saying about the last team to really go on a run from the six seed as the Packers. Uh, Lee, what's your thoughts on that? I, I think it's really difficult. I'm, I think, like Sean said, I think it'd be nice to have it looked at and see if someone could come up with a better way. And if not, then fine, we stick with what we've got. It doesn't have to be changed. Um, I mean, there's a big emphasis on on each team each year to get one of those top two seeds. You know, they, they really does... No, no one thought the Bills last year were a great team because they scraped into the playoffs and that, that bared itself out in wildcard week. You know, so I think... So, like I say, it's difficult. I'm, I'm sitting on the fence here, which is not great, but I don't, I don't know what the I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. It's I say I just think I'd like it looked at, um, just to see if there's anything that can be done. So, I guess on the other side, I've just come back another year, and only two of the teams which had a buy, uh, one on divisional divisional round. So, is this also a case of the teams? the stronger teams in the league getting richer as such. So the rich are getting richer while the poor are all becoming more of a level playing field. And maybe those teams in the upper echelons are so far ahead now that that's maybe being seen, Lee? I mean, if we applied the same logic that we, that's used for the draft to the playoffs, we'd have the top two seeds playing on the road in a wildcard week and the, and the bottom two seeds having the week off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That'd not saying that's a good but... idea, but I'm just saying if you applied the same logic and and like you say give the uh, 
the lesser teams, the more the bigger advantage. That'd be interesting when you get to week 16 and teams are trying to lose to guarantee home field advantage while knock, knocking themselves out of the playoffs. Uh, and for that one reason, I can't see it ever working. Oh, no, I don't think that's a good yeah, I, I think the interesting thing for me, you know, we've been talking about this for what, now 10, 15 minutes or so and, and I wrote the article a couple of days ago and I, I think the beauty of this debate is none of us have got a perfect answer. Um, but we're all probably sitting here in agreement in terms of something probably needs to be done. And I think, you know, just a call out from me is, you know, we've obviously now got, um, you know, some regular listeners, we've got some regular contributors to the site, and obviously we're all on Twitter. Let's debate this further. Let's see if we can find a, a good solution. Um, I actually really like Lee's idea of the neutral venues, particularly for the conference games. I think that is a really good shout, um, you know, and whether they were all sort of moved to, you know, down stadiums for argued sense to take the weather elements out of it um, as a possibility. I mean, obviously, again, we'll preview the, the big games coming up on our second podcast of the week. Um, but obviously, weather is going to play a factor, certainly in one of them. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but I think this is a really interesting debate. And I'd be, you know, really interested to hear plenty of other people's views on it. Um, particularly those fans that are new into the game. You know, you've turned on for the first time this weekend. You've been sold that this is the, you know, the most competitive time of year. These are the best teams in the league. These are going to be great games. What were your thoughts on it this weekend? You know, And is it something that interested you? Um, and if the answer to that question is no, that's the thing that the league have got to be careful about. Um, and like I so said, that's why for me, I think it will be looked at sooner rather than later. No, great point, especially for fans coming new. It must be uh, hearing that these are going to be the best games, especially the Chargers Patriots primetime viewing. We were also excited for that game. And then, boom, in our face, it's terrible. Um, I guess, like, final word from each of us on it. If they were to change this, after our discussion so far, which of the ways we have mentioned or which ways we haven't mentioned, would be your preferred route. Lee, I'm going to start with you. That's, and you can say you'd keep it as is. I, I actually, I think that the more I think about it and the more we've discussed it, that I, I could stick with what it is. I mean, it, essentially what we're sitting at now is we have the best two teams from each conference playing each other to go to the Super Bowl. And I think that's probably what we set out the season aiming to do we just hope that one of our teams is one of, is still playing that's the I think that's the, the key to it I mean it, it, like, like Sean said let, let's discuss this further because this is a black hole of um, of possibilities no definitely Sean you wrote the article you, you made a suggestion has your mind changed throughout the article uh, throughout the discussion about what you wrote in the article or how would you do it my, my mind's changed about 50 times writing the article, talking about the article. Um, I'm still not sure that I've got the right idea or, or, or whether it even needs changing at all. I think, you know, Lee's point's a great one there. Like I said, we, we've arguably got the four best teams. So why change that? Um, you, you could make that argument. I, I think for me, if I was going to change it, the thing I'd throw in instantly is the one I'd probably put in the article. I think the teams with the best record get the buy. Um, and the division winners get the home field advantage. So, you know, for argument's sake, the Patriots would have been um, at home against the Ravens in wildcard weekend while the Chargers were week off. 
and the Chargers would have still gone on the road, but into New England after you know they'd only had a week's worth of rest to prepare. Um, that for me seems like the fairest way because you're still giving them some advantage, just not all the advantage. But look, so let's debate it further because it's a really interesting topic. No, oh, we'd love everyone's uh, feedback on Twitter uh, or Facebook towards us, or even join the site and write an article about your preferred method. Uh, just for the record, my preferred method would be similar to Sean's. I would give the teams two best records, two best division winners, by though, and I would then say whoever has the best record hosts the game. So there's a chance that the sixth or the fifth seed could be hosting the third or fourth seeds, or they could even be, but they can't, they can't possibly host the first and second in that situation, but it gives them at least one home game because I think the Chargers at home to the Ravens would have still seen them a bit more rested and given a bit more of a competitive edge rather than flying east to west all the time, um, which certainly has an impact for teams on the West Coast. Uh, right, gents, that will wrap us up nicely for this podcast. We have got another one on the way. Uh, Lee, where can everyone find you? So we're on Twitter, uh, All32Lee, um, putting some stuff out there today, talking about um, different superstitions. Let us hear... Hear what your superstitions are and game rituals. Help your team get to the big game. We will discuss that in our review review uh, podcast next week. And I'll even get Lee to do his own little section on that, reading out the best superstitions. Sean, where can everyone yeah. find you? Yeah, so I started the trend of all 32. So all 32, Sean, on Twitter for me. Good to see you guys who eventually joined me. We'll all be millionaires one day, guys. So, yeah, let's talk some football. Plenty of debate to be had. Uh, Sean uh, asked told me when he created his that I should create mine now and then Lee right here maybe I should create mine now uh, you can find me at all32chris but primarily still tweeting out of the all32k uh, page also on Facebook you can like the all32 page we have a lot of questions and interaction on Facebook um, any questions at all message us there Finally, we'd love to see more articles on the site. We have got, as well as the weekly fantasy one we get from five guys at Five Yard Rush, we've now got someone providing draft content for us throughout the draft season. And you can email any questions about the draft to Mike and he will answer the best of his knowledge. An article, first article went live on Tuesday. Um, so thanks for listening. Rate us on iTunes if you haven't already. It'd be great. Any feedback would be brilliant. Thanks for listening.